Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. Mark makes short shrift of how our Lord reveals himself today in our gospel reading. Each gospel writer writes differently because they have a different audience in mind. Mark is noted for being brief. His gospel is only 16 chapters long, sometimes very brief. Mark is noted for being brief, sometimes very brief, but there's a purpose behind it. Mark writes to Gentiles and Roman citizens. That's the audience. The Roman world was interested in God's power and authority. Generally, power and authority was what went on in society. So this event of the disciples and the calling of the disciples shows Jesus' power and authority in calling the disciples. Mark simply says that Jesus saw the disciples by their fishing boats and told them, come follow me. I will make you fishers of people. The authority and power of Jesus is important to capture the attention of the Roman ears. So the disciples heard his word, believed who he was, left their nets and followed. It's Luke, however, who writes a more full detailed story of what's going on. Listen to him. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Galilee, it's Gennesaret, there's two names for the lake, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish in their nets, began to break, and they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken in. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch people. So they pulled the boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Luke writes for more detail. He's a historian. He is a medical practitioner. He's interested in factual detail. We learn from him, for instance, that Jesus had a crowd of people on the shore. Everyone was listening to him. They saw him, heard him preach. Peter and Andrew as well heard Jesus, what was going on. They pushed out from the shore so that everybody on shore could see Jesus. He's a little bit offshore, so now the crowd can see him. With people standing on the shore and the fishermen in the boat, Jesus preaches and teaches about the kingdom of God to repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. Then we see after preaching and teaching in a seemingly random way, Jesus tells Peter, go deeper. Like Kittle should have done a couple of times yesterday in the football game. (laughs) Push out to deeper waters and let down your nets 
Peter does, and the nets nearly broke from so many fish that they had to call James and John to come and help them, bring in the catch. Now, we immediately think, okay, Jesus did this to show that he was the Messiah so that they would follow him. People, you and me, we look for signs, we look for wonders, we look for miracles to prove things. But there's something much deeper the way Luke tells the story, deeper than the Sea of Galilee. Jesus links the nets of the fishermen with the preaching of his word. Let's revisit the story. Can you see Peter, Andrew, and James and John washing their nets, being out all night? They didn't catch anything. They labored, casting the net, hauling it in, casting it out again, hauling it in. They undoubtedly had questions like, okay, Peter, I, I know dad did this, and our father before him, but why do we have to? We labor so hard, fishing day after day, and we have nothing to show for it. Peter may have even commented, you know, Andrew, we prepare our net for fishing. We prepare it after fishing and nothing. We know how to fish. Maybe it's the net. Maybe our net is worthless. Time to get a new net. And after revealing himself, Jesus calls Peter, Andrew, James, and John to be the fishers of people, not fish. Now flip ahead some 33 years at the end of our Lord's ministry after his resurrection. Before Jesus' ascension to the Father, Jesus calls his disciples and says, go into all the world, preaching and teaching and baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here Jesus sends more than four people to go out into deeper water. Here you and I are included. All Christians are. In our worship service, our offering prayer includes this call. We say, you have called us to be fishers of all people. He has called you and me to be fishers of all people. So we're like the disciples on the shore of a large sea. We too wash off our nets and frequently say, we've labored so hard, fishing day and night, day after day, and have little to show for it. Where are the fish? Where have all the fish gone? This is the question on the mind of most every church in America. I'm not talking about trout and catfish. I'm talking about people. Where are the fish? Where are all the people? Why aren't we seeing them in church like we used to? Whose fault is it? Who can we blame? Our members are down, membership are down. Maybe we need to try a different net. Like the disciples, we complain we know and we follow Jesus. Maybe it's our net. Maybe our net is worthless. Maybe we need a different net to enhance our net growth. Thank you. Some churches attribute their net growth to using different nets. More up-to-date, more modern. For some, it's the music. The praise band atmosphere lures people in. Yes, make sure the songs are fresh and the coffee and donuts are good. 
For others, young families catch the public eye. Hey, we need more kids in Sunday school, so let's install a playground slide from the parking lot through the wall of the church, the basement window, so the kids can just slide right into their little chairs. It'll be fun for them. One church actually did that. And if people like the taste of Mogan David wine better than cream sherry, well, let's fill their cups so they keep coming. And hey, nobody likes to dwell on their sins or think about them before God or repent of them. Dude, that harshes the choice spiritual buzz we want. Let's not do that. People aren't going to swim into our nets if all they hear is that they're broken and depressed and need help. They want joy. They want laughter. They want a party. Okay, let's try something different. That's part of the problem, isn't it? The net. Maybe that was part of the disciples' problem. They labored all night trying everything. Can you see Peter and Andrew attaching choice little pieces of meat bait on their hooks in their nets? Listen to the part of the conversation that perhaps Luke left out. Andrew, let's try liver. No, Peter, that won't work. Okay, then, then let's put something shiny that sparkles and catches the fish's attention. Nope, we tried that yesterday. I can hear it now. Well, something has to attract the fish. Something has to catch their eye. Well, then why is the bait all gone, Peter? I don't know, Andrew. So we too ask ourselves, what are we doing wrong? The people have no interest in the church. But the questions are all about when we ask them what we do. We labor. We didn't do it right. Maybe I'm not saying the right things, doing the right thing, witnessing correctly, sharing the gospel with conviction. We labor thinking it's all about our efforts, our programs, our projects. We labor under the guilt that we're not completing the mandate to go out into all the world like we should. You've heard me say it a thousand times. We always read scripture, scripture thinking it's all about you and what you do or should do. The gospel is not a commandment or a law. The gospel is all about God and declares what he does for you through his son, Jesus Christ. Back in our story, you heard me muse that in a random way after preaching and teaching, Jesus tells Peter, push out to deeper waters and let down your nets. Maybe that's not so random if we see Luke's point. Jesus' command to let down the nets in deeper water was not thrown in as a miracle to prove that he was the Messiah. Jesus was not paying Peter and Andrew a rental fee for the use of their boat by giving them more fish. No, the succession of events here, the encounter between Jesus and the disciples, is key. Jesus' preaching and teaching came first. Then the nets were lowered and brought up overflowing nets. It wasn't the net after all. It was the same net. 
Sure, Peter and Andrew thought it may have been the nets. They, they caught nothing. Well, what would you think? Sure, your congregation has caught nothing. Maybe what you do is wrong. No, it was the same net that they had used night after night from dusk to dawn. But this time, that net was accompanied by the promise of God's word. It is Jesus' word that the world was created and all that is in it. We learn from God, John chapter 1. He commands the seas to stop raging when they're out in a boat. His word accomplishes or delivers that for which it is intended. He says, let there be light, and there's light. To the prophet Isaiah, the Lord says, my word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Isaiah 55, verse 11. In other words, his word is your true net, your net worth. His word is the only promise you can count on. But you say, well, pastor, come on. How come then when we share his word, people do not believe, they don't flock to us? That is, if you say that it accomplishes that for which I sent it. Doesn't God want all people to be saved? Well, yes, of course he does. We hear in Hebrews about the power of that word. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning at verse 12, says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight, Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. When we share God's word, it will lead to the recognition of a broken life lived apart from God and the need for him. That same word offers God's forgiveness and new life to those who recognize their brokenness and repent and through the death of resurrection of Jesus Christ come to forgiveness and new life. Why are there no fish in your nets when you share your faith about God's word of hope and resurrection and forgiveness in Christ? Because who those who hear it may not want it right now. They still want to search through the waters. They feel they don't need it. Or they outright refuse it. Just like during the past few months from August to November when we were studying Jesus' parables in the Gospel of Matthew, people, namely the Jewish leaders, refused to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, even though they were being taught by Jesus himself. It's not God's word that lacks the power to attract the fish. It's the fish who refuse to admit that they have tail rot and in their ignorance do not seek a cure for their brokenness. But in our gospel today, Christ's words did achieve the purpose for which he sent it. Peter heard Jesus' teaching. He believed Jesus and set sail for deep water. Believing Jesus, Peter received the promise of Jesus' word. Peter recognizes his sinfulness and says, I am unworthy. Yet he follows Christ as the Messiah. Like Peter, you and I are called to share the power of God's word by giving loving care and testimony to those around you 
of his goodness and mercy, his strength and compassion by sending his son, Jesus Christ. Just throw that net in the water. Let it work its power, convincing of sin and need for forgiveness, and then offering that forgiveness by hooking people on Jesus for salvation. But person after person with whom you share may either ignore you or tell you, well, we won't talk about religion or, or, or politics. We don't want to divide the family. They refuse. But you were called to share God's word, to share his net worth to all because you were once little fishes as well. Look at it this way. Our world is an ever-creasing, environmentally conscious world. You are told whatever you do adversely affects your environment. You hear of fish and marine animals getting caught in nets or garbage bags or garbage in the water, putting their heads through a six-pack plastic holder, and they die. But as a fish in a sea of people... How has the oceanic environment of your world adversely affected you? You always get your head stuck in garbage. You eat the chum the world throws you in TV ads, lies, the deceit from trusted friends, politicians, even religious leaders. You're quick to swallow the bait before you in the hope it will give you a better life. You get entangled in the netting of conspiracies and con artists. Shiny objects dangling before you offer you something for nothing, yet it turns out to be nothing for something but your disillusionment and desperateness. And you're hooked. Your disillusionment can lead to apathy and complacency. And if it weren't for someone letting down the net of God's word, Offering you healing and life, you would end up sitting on the couch getting tail rot, swimming simply through the murky waters of life. But from these murky, murky waters, you were taken to be washed and cleaned by God's word through the water of baptism. And whereas you once ate the bread bait the world offered you, you now feast on the life-giving bread of life. And whereas you once drank the grape juice, you now quench your thirst for new life in the blood of Christ. Add your name to the list of disciples. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Greg, Becky, Bill, Jim. Drawn from an ocean of people by the net of the gospel to show the net worth of God's salvation to everyone you know. They're only one fish in a sea of people to get your head stuck in a six-pack plastic beer holder from which there's no escape. They will soon die unless there's a net. Swimming aimlessly, trying to get rid of the snare that suffocates them in life or burdens them, they search for value and worth in life, but only taste bait. Their future looks dim, unloved, unwanted. They can't get out unless someone lets down a net. Be that person. Be that fisherman. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week 
at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.